This is Justin Smith of Palmetto Coast Exotics. And this is Jacob Bratz with Longleaf Reptilia, and you're listening to the Herpeticulture Podcast. Part of the Herpeticulture Network. Welcome, everybody. This is episode 139 of the Herpeticulture Podcast, part of the Herpeticulture Network. I am Jacob Bratz with Longleaf Reptilia. Boy, that was slick. Boy, what? Rolled off. I'm Justin Smith of Palmetto Coast Exotics. And tonight, we are joined by Sir Connor Wardle. Mm -hmm. Connor, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. How are y'all? Doing fantastic. Good, man. Doing great. Doing great. Anxious to get into this one. We're both... Pretty excited. It's going to be a, a good bit of colubrid speak. Yeah, good. There'll be some good conversation. I'm pretty stoked. Justin messaged me the other day. I was like, yeah, Connor's coming on. And I was like, oh, sweet. I'm yeah, I mean, we, we've talked about it for the last, like, what, two weeks or so? You know, just yeah, to make, make schedules happen so that we can make it. Right. Make yeah. it so, so. I'd be like that sometimes. Yes, it mm-hmm. does. But first and foremost, this episode is brought to you by Steve Snakeshuary with Steve's Snakeshuary and Venom Hot Sauce. Yeah, um, he's over in Louisiana. Cottonmouth sauce, boy. Cottonmouth sauce, boy. Where it's at, it's all good. Give it a shot. Justin and I have tried it all. Can confirm, it is great. So you should give it a try. Support a good cause. He's doing a lot of cool things over in the Louisiana area. He's a firefighter, EMT, so. We should get him to make support. one that's a THP hot sauce. Dude, what? It's like scorching hot to where it literally makes people's mouths look like Freddy Krueger. Yes, it literally <laughs> burns your mouth. Yeah. Literally. Or it just, it's like toothpaste flavored or something. That would be terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise. Like at that point. <laughs> when we say hot, we mean Chipotle spearmint. coffee hot sauce. Chipotle coffee yeah. hot sauce. I don't know about that. I think a little bit of a stretch there. I don't think so, man. If you make it a little sweet, I think Chipotle hot sauce would be good. Make it a little sweet, but Chipotle coffee. coffee. What? Not super hot, because Palmetto Brewing Company up in Charleston does that Ghost Rider beer. It's a ghost pepper beer, and it sounds gross because I'm not a big beer guy. But it's oddly delicious. It's not super bitter, but it like at the end, you feel the heat come in. I don't know about it's that, really man. strange. And if we had something like that in a hot sauce, I don't know. I'll give it a try. We'll we'll have to figure that out. He said he'll try it. Yeah. Mark and roll. We'll get with Steve. We'll come up with a THP special. Maybe. Yeah. But um yeah. So we have Connor with us. Uh pretty excited because he's keeping a lot of really cool stuff. Yes. Um a lot and, of stuff that, or some stuff that we're, or I'm into, I guess. And one in particular, I'm very interested to, to touch on. But we'll so get there. before we get into that, we'll just jump into like a quick sort of yeah, background, background as far as what, how you got into herps. Tell us about yourself. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Paint us a picture. Yeah. All right. Well, um, I guess my first real herp uh, introduction is like, just like anybody, you know, growing up, playing around in the backyard, catching. We've got a bunch of Gulf Coast toads around here. Um, I guess my real first snake experience was around uh, age five, uh, whenever I caught a rough green snake uh, by the pool, uh, which was kind of neat. Um, and then uh, I kind of really didn't mess with snakes after that for a while. 
Um, I, I was really into lizards, Chinese water dragons, leopard geckos, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I took the reptile study merit badge uh, in scouts. Uh, I grew up through scouts. Um, and then I got back into snakes and had to keep an animal for 30 days. And it was awesome. So, yeah, I hooked on nice. liberated specifically uh, ever since. So, yeah. And your, I mean, your current collection, if anybody follows you on Instagram, then they see what's what I, what's interesting. And what I, what I actually really appreciate is the fact that you keep almost, it's almost, it's entirely U S native stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. Except for the, the, the Chipolas. Yeah. So I've got every, almost every U S uh, native uh, Lampropeltis or and Panthrophus. Uh, I've got some odds and ends, like some desert fossorial stuff, uh, Nerodia, uh, Western coach whips. Um, I really, um, one thing, uh, that I kind of, that I really enjoyed, um, that, that I really enjoy doing is teaching others, um, growing up through scouts, doing all that, teaching people, uh, knots and stuff like that. And then being able to teach about reptiles, um, is something that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a, a lot of people have, um, a fear of snakes and I kind of like helping them get over that a little bit. Um, which is why I do um, the the educational programs that I do. I do U.S. Native uh, snake shows, Texas Native, um, and then something that's kind of cool, uh, what you might find in your backyard. Um, so like mm-hmm. little crawlies, snakes, and then some some Texas Native uh, lizard stuff. Um, it's kind of cool. Um, but, yeah, so that, that's why I've got such a, I guess, a big, um, big collection, just so I can do that U.S. Native um, collection. So. Yeah, nice. that makes sense. And where in Texas are you? Uh, Fort Worth. So yeah, North Fort Worth. DFW. So how, like, as far as you, your the <clears throat> talks and stuff you do, are they just within that area, or do you do any sort of traveling? Yes, yeah, so, the state. So I hit um, a lot of different elementary schools around. We do like PTA nights. Um, we do scouting events. Um, by we, I mean me and my group of friends uh, that also have. Uh, enjoyed keeping snakes that I kind of grew up with. Um, and, uh, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. That's nice, man. Yeah. I did, I did scouts as a kid and anytime we had the, um, uh, like the camps and stuff, I remember I, uh, like there was some stuff that I just, I didn't have any desire to do like soccer. Yeah. And I remember my dad would like steal me away and we'd go look for snakes instead. <laughs> we'd kind of just disappear and no one asked any questions. Yeah. Yeah. But I was, I was like, I, you know, Pine, uh, the boxcar racing or the Pinewood Derby. Um, we made some like little yeah, yeah, out yeah. Of wood. Like that was, that was fun. But then there was stuff like soccer. It's like I played soccer when yeah, I was little, little and I hated soccer. it. So it's like, I don't This <laughs> requires What does this have to running. do with survival? <laughs> yeah, it's always fun. And then growing up, um, I mean, doing the big trips like Philmont, hiking in New Mexico, you know, mm-hmm. um, a canoe trip in Canada was pretty cool. Getting to see some cool stuff. I got into, Actually, one of my hobbies is uh, whitewater kayaking, and I got into that through people I met in scouting. Um, and actually, in 2018, um, whenever I, we, we go paddle out in uh, Western North Carolina in the Appalachians, nice. um, we were uh, paddling along the river, and I got in this eddy, and there's a queen snake right there. And I so I kayaked uh, a queen snake, which was kind of cool. That was my life. Or, nice, uh, really neat. Um, I've never seen those. No, I mean, yeah, that's the that's the only one I've ever seen, and that was totally like unintentional. But it was it was a pretty neat find. Those in the crayfish snakes. That's another one I've never. I never was seen. looking for crayfish snakes for a while. They've been uh, you can find them in my. 
I have the hab. I know the habitat for them is on my road, but it's far and few between. Yeah. You got to get a really, really wet rain. Like I have a spot mm -hmm. for mud snakes and crayfish snakes, but it's got to get real wet and they'll come out onto the roads. But the um, the bulk of your collection is Lampropeltis. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, lots of different milk snakes. You've got pale milk snakes, uh, New Mexican milk snakes, Mexican milk snakes, Utah milk snakes, the, the Tayloride, right? um, coastal plains, eastern milks, um, stuff like that. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, and then some some of the mountain kings, um, not all of them. I've got a few, uh, just a little bit of uh, Zanata, like two or three of those. Um, and then uh, just pretty much everything else except for Oddly enough, Florida king snakes. I don't have those. <laughs> I'm looking for a, a nice locality pair. Um, they get yeah. that big size that they're known for, you know. Yeah. Um, and then I've been looking around for about five years for Louisiana milk snakes, but those are those are really tough to find. Um, but yeah, probably my favorite, uh, or I guess the the lampropelis that I specialize in would be the the speckled king snakes, um, particularly oh, the locale. Um, I breed for that that nice orange belly uh, that comes out. Is that the what, what locale did you say? Yeah, uh, Galveston, Texas, along the coast. Yeah, okay. Galveston. Yeah, um, and then I've got uh, more recently. I've got one uh, from the the Bolivar Peninsula, which is it kind of extends towards uh, Galveston Island itself. Uh, so that's the two localities I intend to breed, and then the, the I have one from the the local scout camp that I staff at. Um, it's it's kind of neat over in Palo Pinto, where the majority of the coach whips are from. And do you see a lot of variation with those sort of uh, yeah. strains like you do with corn snakes and yeah, yeah. So with speckled king snakes along the coast, um, the babies are going to be a lot more brighter orange. Um, you might be able to find some pictures if you dig through my Instagram. Uh, but uh, yeah, they're going to have a lot a lot brighter orange, uh, and then as they become adults, it's going to fade to a real uh, deep yellow. Um, almost kind of, I guess the Bolivar one that I have, I would kind of compare it to like a adult yellow rat look for the belly. Mm -hmm. um, that nice, real nice yellow there. Yeah, that cream. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then as you get kind of further inland, they kind of go more uh, white speckling. Mm -hmm. uh, the particular individual I have from Palo Pinto County, it's got some desert king snake influence. It's kind of an integrated zone. Um, so it's a little bit lighter yellow um, and the belly isn't as, uh, isn't as nice. And those are the Lampropeltis nigra. Oh no, speckled king snakes. So those are going to be your uh, whole brookie. Oh yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah I'm I not gonna lie. The speckled like so. I want. I'm not big on king snakes, but like I want like just like a pair of king snakes one one of these days, just to say I have a pair of king snakes. I love. The, I think the eastern and it's, turn are probably going to be my favorite. Those I, in the scarlets. It's but. been right now. It's a toss up. Like I might want easterns, but like, I, it's funny that you said speckles because like I didn't like. I thought those are like the the ones that have kind of been like started coming to the top is like the speckled kings. I was actually digging mm -hmm. through your Instagram just now looking for pictures, and I was like, oh yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah, they're real nice. They're, nice. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty overlooked in my opinion. Yeah, um, no, they are. I, I don't know why. I mean, they they hatch out kind of small, and babies can get be kind of tricky sometimes to get the feed. Um, but I mean, they're they're not that bad. Um, they're just musky a little bit. So, I mean, musky. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but once they get big, they get out of that. Um, I do keep some Eastern King snakes too. I've got a big male from Pender County. 
uh, North Carolina that was actually caught by uh, nice. Rick Sledek's son. Uh, his son was doing some uh, construction work up there and uh, he sent me a pair. Uh, unfortunately, nice. the female aged out a few years back and I didn't hold back enough maybe just to be able to keep that line going. So I'm actively searching for a, a female to produce F1s again. That's uh, another group that's surprisingly variable in terms of like pattern and and coloration to a degree you know i don't i think a lot of people don't realize just how big sort of the spectrum is of of looks of easterns because i know like the ones here that i've seen had pretty minimal um uh, what i guess you would say chains you know that that the interweaving pattern mm -hmm. uh, and it's like a like a neon yellow most of the time too and it's the ones i've seen were very thin in that in that pattern but then mm -hmm. you see like the ones from chesapeake and it's that super thick you know, white yeah. and cream, and <clears throat> I just—it's really cool to see the. There's there's actually a locale Eastern King locality group on Facebook. Right. I don't know if I'm in it anymore, but there was always really interesting stuff. It was really neat to see all the the different stuff people were turning up and. Yeah, and that's that's one thing that I really like about um, just King Stakes. I mean, there's there's so many different localities that have so many different looks. Um, I just. It, it, it's just really, really cool to me um, just how variable everything is uh, and kind of it's kind of mind boggling to me why no one else is uh, really paying much attention uh, mm -hmm. to some of these species. You know, they're pretty underrated. Uh, Dude, I think it's been very apparent and it's kind of cool, but it, it really only takes one person to be like hey hey Point hey something out. like yeah. look at this and everybody's like hey hold on a second like let me look and then everybody's like oh that's actually really cool and like and it, it, it can it's take just traction, information so, stuff like, is just moving so fast good. yeah yes. people miss that stuff easily yeah. you know and that's i'm sure it's a pretty similar thing for you as it is for me with like the locality corns and local corns that we have here and sort of just having a deep appreciation and love for what you have, yeah. you know, right in your own backyard. Yeah, yeah. With locality stuff. And even if it's not like, if it's U S native, um, you still have all that variation and you can, you can get your hands on some of the North Carolina stuff or some of the South Carolina stuff or Florida stuff. You know, it's, right. it's really cool yeah. to be able to, to do that. And it's, I, what I think I like about it the most is a lot of that locality stuff isn't crazy expensive either. Mm-hmm. You know, there's not like this giant paywall and it's like yeah. you're one of only a handful of people that really actually gets excited to see that kind of stuff. But yeah. that's, that's it's just a fun. Those are just the fun, the, the most fun projects, in my opinion. Are the Dude, ones that are got, like that. I am full of like localities like right now, pretty much almost everything's in pairs except water snakes. I have a couple of groups of water snakes, but like I'm loving it, man. It's so much fun just having all these different. It's like they're they're kind of the same, but they're not. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they, they all have like. I guess to, mo to somebody who doesn't know snakes, look at them and it would be kind of the same, but like you yourself knowing them and knowing the different localities, you can po point out those little differences you know, between them. And I don't know. It's, yeah. it's fun. It's awesome. There's just something about it to where it's, I find it really cool. And I think I mentioned it on an episode a while back that it's almost like finding a really old penny from like the fifties. And just the fact that that penny is like all the stuff it's it's survived as far as history and it somehow ended up in your pocket and like the people yeah. who may have carried it in their pocket and like yeah. the millions of years or however long it took for that population of corns or kings or water snakes to like 
be isolated enough to where they look the way they do right. to where they're you know it's unique it's it's novel you know it stands out that's, right. that's what what i get obsessed with it's just the the history behind it yeah and some of the stuff that i really that i really enjoy as far as locality stuff is i mean i'm in texas we've got a, a good variety here um, so i'm actually able to go and collect some stuff myself you know and actually raise that project up um and actually see it produced that's something that's like really really cool to me um that i really enjoy doing uh of course i mean don't over collect you know but uh, collecting in small amounts and uh knowing what you're looking for in certain animals yeah. you know, collecting the right animals is also like yes yeah the key aspect to it yeah there there are animals like even if it's healthy there are animals you shouldn't necessarily collect you know like me i'm not big on taking adults like <laughs> yeah, well-established yeah. big adults like i don't i'm not unless it's obviously that's so if it's out there yeah it's like unique. it's so rare and you know like you you kind of you know, quote unquote, need it, you know, right. it, yeah. you know obviously yeah. make exceptions. But yeah. for me, be, being a big, you know, rat snake guy, you know, like I love yellow rats more than freaking anything, but I'm not just going to. So, but they are very abundant. So I'm not yeah. just going to pluck an adult just because I can, you know, the first you, one you see. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You definitely, know, want to yeah. leave those to, you know, keep, keep producing those right. good, definitely. good yeah. genes to make it to adulthood, you know, yeah, I don't know. Just, just getting on my soapbox. What Nerodi are you focusing on? Um, pretty much those uh, the orange phase Acacia Parish or Acadia Parish, I think. Um, Ramifer, you know, uh, Diamondback water snakes. It's the same locality. Yes. Yeah. Big. yeah. Dude, I, I'm I'm like going to be watching you raise those up, man. I yeah. absolutely love. Obviously, anybody who knows me knows I love Nerodia, but like Diamondbacks are. I absolutely love Diamondbacks, man. They had some of the biggest water snakes out there. Some of the biggest I've ever seen and caught were out in Texas. When yeah. I lived out there. Yeah. Man, they're just such impressive animals. Yeah, I definitely enjoy them. I've got I've got those uh, Acacia Parish ones. Um, and then I've got uh, some St. Tommany Parish. Um, just the regular green uh, produced by Matt Dove. I'm sure if anyone with water snakes knows who he is pretty much yep. uh then i've got a uh, a nice big um well he's getting there um but he's almost an adult uh, uh from uh, mississippi that's doing pretty great um hell yeah 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 i really enjoy those um i keep them all in their own little display tanks um keep them in sex pairs you know uh or i, I guess uh, separate sex is my bad um so males with males females with females you know as long as they're getting along good and um but yeah I, I really enjoy uh just watching those because they're they're really active i'm sure you know keeping your uh, oh, yeah. uh yeah yeah no i um it's funny you mentioned that i was keeping i have some in bigger groups right now i actually have 2.2 together at the moment but i'm about to separate and uh do that same thing put males with males and females with females to keep them at twos because man feeding them is a nightmare i know i know yeah. several people that have lots of luck keeping them in bigger groups and, <laughs> and that's great and all but man i have too much anxiety about feeding and all that stuff yeah. to actually be comfortable with it so i'm going to be separating out and the females can be little hogs man mm -hmm. oh my gosh once they yeah. get a little bit bigger because the females will outgrow the males pretty fast definitely and yeah. once they do they become little hogs man i, I literally had one take a, a mouse part out of another one's mouth 
yesterday yeah. and I thought I was going to try and eat the snake. And I was like, no, you know, I, <laughs> I was freaking out, man. I wasn't yeah. So I'm about to separate a lot of stuff. And, but, um, yeah, man, I'd run prefer are all like high on my list. I don't want many more water snakes mm-hmm. at the moment. Like I've got a, I've got several now. I've actually have quite a few water snakes at the moment, but I want once I can find a pair of, of nice Rama fur, I'm gonna add those, and that's gonna be uh-huh. yeah, one of those. Not nah, yeah. how many times have we all said that? Nah, <laughs> dude, I can only deal with so much fish. Yeah, <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> yeah. Um, another, I guess, Nerodia species that I would consider um, are uh, the broad bandits, um, just because I mean I, I live right next to Dallas. Um, and there was at one time the best looking uh, locale of broadbands in the hobby. Um, I'm not sure who had them, um, but I've heard kind of rumors about them. The, the Dallas County romp, uh, uh, Confluence. Um, there's actually a, a park about 40 minutes from me um, that has just some of the prettiest ones that I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, I just haven't been able to get hands on them because usually they're in the middle of a swamp that's known to have alligators. I don't want to go after that. Dude, you need to um you need to check out the um Chambers Chambers County, Texas. Oh yeah, yeah. I've definitely I've seen uh, those with the uh, yeah, Chris Lontros has, dude. Those yeah. are I, I got to see those in person and oh my god, dude. I those are by I mean at least in my opinion, by far the nicest water snakes I've ever seen in my life. I mean, just absolutely insane. I love the broadbands too. I'm a sucker for yeah. broadband. I have a big group of Ponchatoulas um but um yeah no those those texas T- texas does the broadband is right I'll, I'll tell yeah you that. yeah yeah i was down and uh, I, I took a trip to houston last spring actually um and just messing around looking for buttermilk racers you know um and uh those are walking, awesome. yeah yeah they're they're pretty great i didn't see any unfortunately um but i was walking around this pond uh, in the woodlands area um, and there was just confluence, like pretty much running from the trees, getting down in the water, getting away from it. It was pretty, a pretty cool uh, thing to see. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. So Montrose is nothing but trouble. I mean, that's, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, he's he's real trouble. From this episode, is yeah. that Montrose? He, I think, yeah. has, he has a. It's a strategy. It's not. It's not him randomly posting stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like he sells you yeah. your first pair of waters. Yeah. And he's yeah. like, I gotta post these, and then you're like, I gotta get some of those. And he's like, Dude. tells doesn't tell you about the next ones he's gonna post, and they're also nice. And Dude, so it's it's nasty, man. He's he's bad. He's he's, sneaky. I have so I have so much stuff from him now. It's ridiculous. I Dude, that bear trauma. Oh man, I just got I just got the Kurtz from him, the Kurtz rats or um, Southern Key Largo. Uh-huh, yeah, from him. Dude, oh my god. They're yellow rats. They're Dude, they are not yellow they're rats. All right. Ones. I mean, yes, they are. They're yellow rats, but yeah, dude, they're they're different. They're different, different. Yeah, animals. I did pick up. I I don't remember the locality off the top of my head, but I did. I did pick up a, one of his holdback female yellow rats, um, and then uh, a white oak from him. Oh, I have a yeah. I have a pair yeah. of the Apalachicola white oaks. Yeah, yeah, I like those. Did you get a Seminole County yellow? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's what it was. yeah, yeah. I have a pair. Yeah, I have a pair of those from him too. Man, he yeah. must have got you all the same time. <laughs> no, I got. I actually got mine from Chris Painchab. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I got my pair from Chris. I got my white eggs from him though. Um, I'm planning on. I'm getting. I'm getting some. Um, my plan on hopefully getting some more from him next year. Got the white oaks. Yeah, white oaks. 
is a different different locality and i probably want to add to my pot my mm -hmm. apalachicola I, I love gray rat snakes man grays and yellows just they do it for me they do yeah. it for me real well yeah. i've got the spartanburg i like i got the spartanburg black rats and those are awesome i absolutely love them but um i really like the yellows and the grays more than anything yeah i've got a black rat from uh missouri that that area and it's got a little bit of uh texas red influence with the red in between the scales mm -hmm. i got you. Um, so i really want to get some of those spartanburgs that are just like pure black you know yeah um, you get get that large size that black rats are known for you know yeah. the poor man's indigo so yeah <laughs> yeah sort of yeah, yeah. no dude they're they're sweet um i really yeah. like them they're they're weird man i'm so used to like i'm trying with all these colubrids now i'm trying to get in the habit of drop feeding so like I use like these like cup lids and I drop them on these lids and I leave them in their enclosures and mm -hmm. stuff. And yeah. then forget about them for a week. Yeah. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> um, so I'm trying to do that, but it's very like it's not natural for me. I really prefer tong feeding. I like feeding stuff out of tongs. Dude, it's so nice. It's just, just a preference. Drop just go. drop it in there. And go amazing. like, and I've noticed like because some of them just later. won't do it. Like the black rats, dude, they want nothing to do with tong feeding. They won't, they will just, they won't even bite at you. I they love just it because run. I'm lazy. And then you just, but I drop I it in there and they just eat it. I'm like, I just need like to do everything minutes. like this. And that's with the water snakes. I'm like, I was trying to feed them individually. And I'm like, I just need to put a plate of cut up fish and mice in mm -hmm. here and just let them go at it. Like I, yeah. I can't sit here and just hand feed them. This is ridiculous. Those things are too <laughs> small to even do that. Right. Well, some of them are the other, some, the other group I have they are big. Pretty quick? Well, I mean, the pond, the ones I got in Daytona are still pretty small. The one of they they're growing pretty good, but those are pretty, pretty small. But the ones I just got, um, that would be fun to watch though. If you had like a plate with all that and you just, watch dude, them they go crazy on it and just, I, I did, you can hear them flop around. <laughs> really? Yeah, dude, I'll put in their plate all of a sudden here. Just like a, just a stuff flying around. I look over, I see like bedding, like getting excited, flung up. Yeah. And they're insane. Those are the Ponchatoulas. But I just got um I got Jacksonville, Florida, and um I got Citrus, Citrus County, Florida. No, Jacksonville, North Carolina, and Citrus County, Florida bandits uh recently. I got a reverse trio of the Jacksonville's and two point two of the The only Nerodia that I I have any serious interest in is the salt marsh stuff. Yeah, yeah I Chris would, is oh Chris is melanistic yeah. the, salt marsh stuff. The, I think the silvers are awesome. The oranges yeah. are awesome. Like they're all really yeah. cool. And I've heard the like for Nerodia, they're pretty chill comparatively to they them. are hard to that they're very slow growers and are like they? the babies can be a pain in the ass because they're tiny. They are much they're smaller. Tiny, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I yeah. just always always thought those were cool, especially the silvers. I've never seen pictures of those, and that really caught my caught my attention. But I feel like they would be easy enough because I'm lucky that like my parents so my parents have like a quarter acre pond. In the front of their yard you know we dug it and you know stocked it with with fish and stuff so like i can go out there throw a net and get all the minnows i want Rusty hides all the bugs you know? yeah. yeah but i but we have like these little itty bitty minnows that we can get out of there and i bet you i bet you that those would you can also go to pet smart and buy them for like 30 cents a piece i mean well if you yeah. want pet smart minnows that come with yeah. lord knows what yeah yeah, unfortunately, in Texas, um, we've got this thing called a blacklist. Um, that's that species that you can't keep at all. Um, or no, sorry, the blacklist you can collect, but you can't buy or sell them. Um, but it, it's kind of dumb. Uh, but the 
they are on the blacklist, those uh, salt marsh snakes. So I'm not going to mm. be able to get those. Um, or I'm not going to be able to buy captive bred animals, which is unfortunate. What if you were gifted captive bred animals? That's where it gets kind of in a gray area. Um, and I'd probably, I'd probably just pass on that unless I was able to like collect, uh, like if I was able to collect the baby, raise it up, breed it. Um, and then I don't know that that's the only instance that I would do it. Um, I just, I, I don't want to get in trouble legally with anything. Um, no, I, I don't blame you at all. I, I had a guy, um, actually wholesale me some stuff that was wild caught from Arizona before I knew all the rules. Um, and that was a big no, no. Um, I was told I could keep the animals. There were some rosy boas and some like leopard lizards and collared lizards and, and stuff like that. Um, but, uh, I mean, they just said, we got our eye on you. So I don't want to, I don't want to do anything that would jeopardize. My oh, life. geez. <laughs> Watching. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. always fun. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's why I, I do a lot more research on stuff now and, uh, that's good. I'm avoiding situations like that. So, Good way to be, man. Gotta be safe. Yeah, collared lizards alone would make me nervous because I know there's a lot of those that are pretty seriously protected. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with with those, there is a guy that breeds them um, at the the color colorful collared lizard ranch. Yeah. Um, he, he's got some really cool stuff. I like those the, the Dickersons. They're the, mm-hmm. the really high blue. That's something that I want to add eventually. I just need space. <laughs> you know. We saw one on the road. I don't know what species it was when we were in West Texas. And by the time that Jewlander jumped out the car and chased it, it was gone. Yeah, yeah, they take off there. They're real fast. And then he at the same on the same hill that that thing ran up, he also spooked a coach whip, like a really nice pink one. I think that was when we were we were in the Lajitas, I think. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and he said that thing was was crazy nice. And actually, I, moving into coach whips a little bit, you know, those you see the pictures of the crazy pink ones. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And after seeing the rocks and stuff in like Big Bend and Lajitas in that area, uh, I think we were in Big Bend State Park when we saw when he saw that coach whip. But like, oh, y'all saw there's, coach whip? there's actual rocks like on the hills and stuff that are that color pink. And so I always wondered, I was like, why? Like, why is it? Yeah, I, I, like yeah. I always thought the pink thing was more of a captivity thing and not really a, a necessarily a natural occurrence but then after seeing the rocks and stuff julander was like dude if that thing was curled up right next to some of those rocks i would have never noticed it but because yeah. it took off you know i saw it but saw it. it is wild like, so yeah. so transitioning into that and coach whips because that's something i've been into coach coach whips are a very interesting species to me they are at the top of my herping bucket list i've never found a coach whip and it, they're they're probably at the top of my list. I, I think they're fantastic animals. They're very, very cool to me. Um, so yeah, how, how nice black ones with that yeah, the tan? Yeah. We get those, those they're like pitch black, but, matte yeah, black in the front. Yeah. Yeah. So how long have you been keeping coach whips? Probably like four to five years. I'm not oh wow. Yeah, yeah. So it, You're it, established it, with them. Decent amount of time. Yeah. Yeah. All of yeah. mine are doing great on uh, frozen thought. Oh, uh, there, there's one that's on live uh, the albino unfortunately is on live i'm trying mm. trying to get it unfrozen so i don't have any injuries um, but so so walk me walk me through like a a setup for these guys like how's a baby look and how's an adult look like you know as far as temperatures cage size things yeah. like that because that's always my biggest thing with coach Wits because they're such a high strung snake 
mm-hmm. like but how much space erasers, do they really yeah. need yeah, you know like stuff just need more yeah right. like a lot so like what has worked for you you know like i'm glad, so, I'm glad you've kept them so long yeah yeah so for me um what really works uh I, i've tried both the racks and the the tanks um going back and forth on those um and i've i've had uh the majority of my animals do a little bit better in uh, the rack as far as just de-stressing you know yeah Um, they don't have a whole lot of stuff going on um all the time like they would in a glass tank i know there's some people are going to be angry with me for that and i deal with that that's (laughs) okay everyone's got their own uh side of the debate and all that um but yeah um, the majority of mine do do pretty well in racks um i do have a pair in a in an old MPI cage um, that I've been experimenting with for kind of last last season, um, and I'm going to try it again in, uh, this season. Um, there's some people actually in Europe that have had success breeding uh, coach whips, and uh, if they keep them in sex pairs uh, year round, so I'm going to be brumating them all together um, in my locality groups. You know, um, in, a, in a big uh, uh, going to keep. A pair in um, a big uh, MPI display cage, and then I'm going to have another pair um, that'll be trying to breed, uh, kind of transitioning through the racks, just like you would any other king snake or whatnot. Mm. Um, as far as yeah, go ahead. Uh, I was gonna, do you currently keep adults in in racks? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know if that were, if they did well in those. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, they're doing good. Um, they do get exercise um, whenever I'm cleaning. I spend about three hours cleaning. So, I mean, they get yeah. to hang out for a little bit, you know, get some moving around time. Um, and they do move in the racks as well. And that's it. Right. Um, but, yeah, anyway. Um, yeah, yeah, the albino I do have in, a, in kind of a more display type setup just because um, that's just I, I like looking at it, you know, and it's, it's kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, and it pretty much does what any other snake does. It just hides and then comes out when it's hungry. You know, that's pretty much it. Um, so I, I would assume it does the same thing in, in a rack. Um, so I don't really see any issues with keeping them in racks. Um, oh, yeah. No, I wasn't like questioning you keeping them in racks. I just I don't I've never talked that's to somebody. Species I would have thought. No, I just have. I, mean, I can never... understand why they would do better in a rack. But there's, yeah, there's no, because it... I just never to me seeing like I Given my experience with Coach Whips in captivity, which is one Eastern that I worked with at my first job years ago, and I never saw it. I'd see the head for about two seconds, and then as soon as I walk in the room, he'd disappear into the hide. Mm-hmm. But imagining that snake in a rack, it'd be, to me, it seems like you would open that tub and it would just be gone. <laughs> like, first little yeah. bit of light that comes through that crack, it's just... Yeah. 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 No, so- and I, I definitely, like, didn't... Like, I've just... I've never... Sp- spoke to somebody who kept coach whips to be honest like i've never poked somebody's brain about them so i don't know how people keep them like i didn't know if it was like if racks were okay for them or what so but like it's good to know that they do that they do well in them yeah yeah for um i've heard kind of more people have success producing them in uh more display type tanks with a with a daylight cycle um, which is why i'm experimenting with that to see if that'll yield a little bit more success um, just giving it a try um, just because I haven't had a whole, I haven't had any success breeding them. I have seen locks before, um, but never any viable eggs, uh, unfortunately. Um, as far as captive care goes, I mean, it's it's pretty simple. Just set them up like any other king snake or rat snake. Um, so 
um, like 82 degrees, um, some nice aspen for them to burrow in. I do provide a humid hide year round just just because, I mean, they would have a, a nice humid spot uh, and rock cuts or something like that. Um, and I, I only work with Westerns. I'm not talking about Easterns. I don't, I, I don't have any experience with those. Um, this is just, I guess, to clarify Western coach, which not, not covered. Right. Um, anyway, um, but yeah. Um, and they'll pretty much eat anything. Uh, I mean, I <laughs> other snakes that have died, uh, unfortunately, or stuff that I need to cull, you know? Um, yeah. Um, they'll, they'll love that. They'll eat, um, chicks, they'll eat rodents, um, I do prefer to do kind of smaller meals more often, um, kind of similar to, uh, I guess you would, you're, uh, I don't know, I'm blanking on it right now. I don't know. Some of your mountain Kings, uh, kind of like the smaller, mm-hmm. meals, you know, yeah. um, more often. So, I mean, I, I feed my coach ups every four to five days, um, small, small, small mice and sometimes adult mice, uh, just kind of whatever I have, you know, um, but I'll give, like, I'm starting to try to, I'm trying to get into that that habit of feeding like just smaller stuff. And I even like to feed like doubles, Mm -hmm. like, you know, I'll feed a couple small items. I don't know. I I've been doing that with some of my rat snakes. Yeah. Like since I've been doing it, they've also kind of blasted up. Like they grow, they've been growing like mad. If you cut them, if you cut the mice, they'll grow faster. All right. It's true. (laughs) Got it. (laughs) Okay, cool. Um, moving on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but yeah, coach whips, I mean, they're not really tough. Um, they do tame down pretty easily. Um, just once really? they specialize with you. Yeah, I use um, my, my biggest red face coach whip that I have, I actually use as an educational animal. Um, I mean, if, if you look at some of my Facebook posts that I posted or some of my uh, Instagram, you'll see kids that actually get to hold coach whips um, that are, I mean, they're, they know who's feeding them and they're not going to, um, I guess, just dart off all the time. You know, um, they're, I would compare them to, I guess, a, a corn snake even. Um, I mean, once you get past that initial bitey, musky phase, um, they really they really tame down. Um, and I guess the key to doing that would be feeding them off tongs. Um, that's Once they trust you enough to feed off tongs, that's where I kind of start uh, using them for events and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Why do you think they're not more popular? Um, just if you guys come across a coach whip in the wild, um, if you get a hand on it, it's going to be on the tail. Uh, I, I've yeah. ran chased coach whips and uh, actually the first one that I caught, I jumped out for um, kind of like I'm diving for a football or something. Grab it. For many a black racer. So yeah. yeah. And uh, the first thing it's going to do is turn around and get you, you know, it's going to get you a little nip, uh, might even musk or do a, a death roll. That's what I call yeah. it. It's kind of like an alligator roll. Yeah. Um, and so just off that first initial reaction, a lot of people um, I think kind of don't like them just because they're nippy or defense, super defensive, aggressive snakes that never calm down. They're just very um, high strung. Yeah, yeah. Initially, initially, yeah. But once right, you, yeah, yeah. Well, once you get through that um, and socialize them, um, just like I mean, Krebos are the same way. You know, they're high strung, um, tough to work with. You know, sometimes, um, but just constant handle, routine handling, um, and uh, just positive interactions, and uh, they'll do they'll do better for you. Um, also, they're not 
they're not super easy to breed. Uh, and just having that stress a little bit um, can cause them um, to, to not breed. You know, even if you do everything right, if you change up one thing, um, they might be, uh, they, they just might not breed. Um, whether that be something in the, in the cage or whatnot. Um, I've got a buddy uh, who, who uh, lives up in Indiana. I think Indiana. either Indiana or Illinois, uh, one of those two states. Uh, his name's Johnny Black. He's got some uh, a really cool uh, collection. He works a lot with uh, mole snakes and stuff like that. But he does oh, have yeah. Western coach whips, and he has produced um, Western coach whips in the past. And what he told me is just don't touch them, don't work with them, just let them let them stay in their cage. Don't change anything. Only go in to feed and water, um, and that's where you'll have uh, that's where at least he's had success. Um, breeding those um, just don't change anything so it's funny how many things do so much better with the leave it alone attitude yeah (laughs) quit messing with i don't just i've always thought of them as like when i see black racers for sale i'm like because of my experience with them out the woods i'm like why would why would you want to own that yeah 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 babies can be kind of tough to uh get established too um a lot of these guys that have uh, the captive hatch clutches kind of have um feeding issues at first mm-hmm. um you might need a whole lot of uh heavy lizard scenting uh my albino only took house geckos for like two months oh wow and that that was a pain going out and collecting those you know but yeah. you gotta do what you gotta do um and then lizard scenting can get kind of tough um the standard rubbing of a, a mouse on the lizard wasn't wasn't doing it, wasn't mm-hmm. cutting it. Um, so I reached out to one of my friends who keeps and breeds liar snakes. Um, if you guys know anyone that breeds liar snakes, that's probably him. Um, but uh, I'm not going to drop his name just because I, I don't know how he feels about that. Um, but anyway, um, he told me if you, you can actually blend up those lizards, um, of course, frozen mm-hmm. first, blend them up, um, and then you defrost them just like you're defrosting silver sides for uh, Nerodia. Um, for scenting uh, or whatnot. Um, and then there's going to be a little line of oil right above that blended up lizard. Yeah. And you just shake around a live pinky or fuzzy or whatever you have in that little Tupperware, coat it in that oil. And that's the key to getting babies started. So, Me and Billy Hunt have actually talked about trying to figure out a way to get that oil and get some little like ampules and, and bottle it up and, and freeze yeah. those and use those and, we haven't actually done it yet, but we yeah. talked about it pretty heavily. And I know Reptilink sells something yeah, like that, they, but I'm not sure how effective that is. It's like a three pack, and it's like a hundred bucks, mm-hmm. and you have yeah. to buy the whole set. You can't just yeah. buy one. So. That's annoying. Yeah, I want I, I want to the frog sensing stuff, but it's you have to definitely have order. Definitely not trying to like move mm-hmm. in on that for for them, but me and Billy just because you know we both keep some species that that may require that, and so we're like instead of just keeping a turkey's gecko frozen in my freezer and having to pull it out and thaw it and then refreeze it and thaw it and refreeze it, you know, just to scent it until it's, there's nothing left of it. You know, so I was talking yeah. to him. I was like, you know, we could probably make our own like scenting juice oil stuff. If, mm-hmm. I mean, it wouldn't be a very large investment. So. My plan was to make like, cause you know, I'm thinking <clears throat> of like fish stuff for Nerodia. Like I'm personally going to just use cut up fish for a lot. Cause I'm going to add that in their diet anyways. But my thought process, you know, with geckos and stuff is to make like ice cubes 
do like a blend, like yeah, blend I, up geckos and then make that. ice cubes yeah. with gecko parts and juices, you know. And, you can go to any Goodwill and find a blender for yeah. next to nothing. If and you can just, get one of those yeah. little bullets used, that's even better. Mm-hmm. You know? And just blend that sucker up, make some yeah. ice cubes and rub it all over it. Yeah. Better yet, freeze. If you can freeze like two or three small pinkies or something yeah, in the ice that's cubes. That's a good, yeah. That would yeah. be a good idea. Let yeah. it out some water. I don't know. The things we do for these these animals. Yeah. Yeah, for real. Katie would lose her mind if I had a blender and I was blending up geckos. <laughs> that would not go over well. No, the not. idea that I have in mind, I think, is going to be pretty solid. If it, if it works as well as I think it will. We can we can discuss that later. I always like it. It always makes me feel bad doing that type of stuff, like catching stuff and using it for food. But at the same time, like it's an invasive species. Yeah, you have to put that out of your head because, like, realistically, like it's it's doing good because you're good. It's helping an animal feed, and Mm -hmm. you're you're taking out you know one less gecko. Yeah, from around here, because dude, we we basically watched them kind of appear here. They haven't been here until recent. Like the last couple years, ten years, you think? Yeah, I haven't seen them around that much. I've seen them more recently than ever before. I didn't think they were really around. They're kind of pocketed here in our area in our town. There's certain apartment complexes that I know there that that's where they're at, and I've seen them on the building at work that I work at. There's there's a colony of them, Mm -hmm. and I've seen them in you know little areas here and there people are like what's this and it's like it's turkish gecko and it's like cool now i know they're over there yeah you know? yeah i'd only started seeing them over the last maybe two three years i didn't realize they've been around that long that's cool it's always kind of funny going out collecting uh feeders just have people that are just normal people walking by or whatnot just or what the heck we're doing so it's kind of fun i bought i bought one of those cheap wire fish nets from walmart mm-hmm. and i took it and i bent the head flat so that i can walk up onto these geckos and just press the the yeah. net around oh the wall gosh. around it and then catch it mm-hmm. and i there's times where people think i'm probably losing my mind because i'm pacing <laughs> the side of the building at work waiting for them to come back out because they'll see me and they'll run yeah and some of them will come back out and some of them won't but I'm like yeah. like an hour, two hours. I'm just going back and forth waiting. And then I'll go back inside for like 20 minutes, come back out and see if there's any that come out again. And that little net trick actually works like a freaking charm. Yeah. Though, you can get, I gotta try that. you don't yeah. have to worry about them running. Mm-hmm. You know, just yeah. the cheap little dip nets that you use for like freshwater aquariums and stuff. Just take that yeah, head yeah. and bend it so that it's in an L, like a 90 degree angle. Mm-hmm. And if it's a big enough net to where like the actual net itself is long enough. Yeah, like just a large right angle. Yeah. 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 It works. They work great. Nice. That's cool. It's funny talking about doing stuff when people see you. When I, I caught a, a yellow rat on Ladies Island, and it was it was right, in, it was kind of in the middle of the road. It was right on a curb, and like right to the left was like this lookout area, and there's a golf cart sitting there. And I was driving down the road, and I saw the rat snakes where I oh, swerved just past the off. Church? It's on. It was on Brickyard. Yeah, there's that church on the left after know. that curb. Or just before that, I curve? don't know where the church I know is. what you're talking about. Yeah, there's a little lookout area, and there's a dude on a golf cart right there. And it was it was raining at the time, so this dude was on a golf cart has lights on. And I whipped over my truck and jumped <laughs> out, and I was fumbling with all my stuff, you know. And <laughs> I just had my phone light, and it's raining, so I just run out there with my phone, and I have my light shining. 
I see it's a yellow rat, and I was like, cool. I grabbed it up and I ran back into my truck and just shut Slam the door. The door. <laughs> like old school when they're kidnapping like, all the guys. Yeah. The rat. And then it's, I'm glad I grabbed him because as soon as literally as soon as I got off the road, a car came flying by. It was right on a curb. I was like, man, this thing would have yeah, been toast. Yard, that road in particular, like there's a speed limit. Yeah, people, people scream down that road, man. <laughs> I was like, this dude probably thinks I'm a psycho just running out here with a five side. He, he don't even know what I just did. Yeah, yeah, I actually showed up. Uh, the weirdest calling I've had to do for work was uh, explain why I was late to work because I uh, fell in a creek going after a, a Ronda for actually uh, <laughs> the creek behind my work. Um, I got there like two hours early because there was this big female that's been hanging out that I just wanted to photograph. Um, but I fell in, so it was kind of awkward. <laughs> so to hear nice. me out, it's a legit excuse. Yeah. It may not be yeah, yeah, yeah. you, but it actually, it, it'll make sense if you know me. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they're all asking me all the time. They're like, Connor, with your damn snakes, you fall in any more creeks? <laughs> you know? Yeah, I don't, I never hear the end of it with the snake thing at work, man. I actually you see some cool stuff, though. Yeah. 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 No, it's it gets crazy. the perks of working around like the ditches and ponds and stuff. Yeah, so you actually I see a lot of stuff. You, know, you always send you. I mean, when you were out there more, you would send us pictures of like copperheads and yeah, hog noses and all that cool stuff. Yeah, okay, it slowed down. It's all times of the year, and I when I I used to do a lot of mapping, and I was back in ditches doing a lot more of that. Now I'm on job sites a lot more, so I see a little less because it's really active. But I get to go to like some private you know, islands and stuff that like you don't get access to unless like you either live there or you have a reason to be out there. Mm -hmm. You know, everything's gated, you know, but I have, I have access to all of them for my job. So like while I'm out there, I'm going extra slow down these roads and looking for everything through the woods. And I always walk, I always walk the, the, cause some of them have like really long driveways and I always walk the driveways just to look for stuff. Found yeah, it easy. Ask you any questions. You're like, I'm doing my job. Yeah. Check it out. <laughs> Checking out the erosion Making control. Making sure your ditches are up to code. Yep, pretty much. Yeah, I found a hog nose doing that this year. Oh, it was so awesome. He does get very excited about his eastern hogs. Dude, I get pumped yeah. about my yeah. hogs, man. I get so pumped about hog nose. He found one of the them. melanistic ones, and he was like losing his. Oh mind. wow, that's awesome! Yeah, the yeah. Ones that's I all I found, really. Yeah, yeah, the ones I see are more brown and yellow. Um, not as cool as the ones out east yeah. with the, the red and melanistic. Man, yeah. we get some ones with some crazy orange on them. Yeah, we can. I mean, just unbelievable. Like, they almost look like a freaking keelback. Yeah. It's cool. I've if only... I ever find one again. I haven't seen one in a long time. I found one. Well, I did, technically, I didn't find it. My asshole co-worker, call him an asshole, because he just randomly would find snakes. We were walking through, like, this yard. <laughs> the guy, the magnet. Yeah, we were walking through because he found another hog nose that I found that year. He found two hogs that I caught. But um, I we were walking through this like field going up to a pond because I was looking for a pipe. And there's like just a whole bunch of bark, like pine bark, just like mm -hmm. laying around from pine trees. So like there's big chunks of it. So I was kicking all of it over just to see if there's any snake. This dude walks up to one piece and kicks it over. And he's like, oh, <laughs> so I was like, dude, what the heck? I walked up. It was a little hog nose. Is the first like patterned one I'd ever found. It was a little baby and it had, it had an actual pattern on it. But all the adults I've seen have been melanistic. Just jet yeah, we black. get a lot of variation in those two. I've seen some that were like there was no orange and they were just yellow, like yellow with the black. Yeah. And then I've seen some that were just Halloween screaming, like Clemson orange. 
Damn. It's super dark. I found like, the one. It's it's actually really interesting. The one I found this year, the big adult, it it had to have been like a dust or something on it because like it was gray. It had to have just been or yeah, it might dirt have been shed or something. Too. But it was no, it wasn't a shed oh. because its head was jet black, but its oh. body was completely gray. Oh, it's like it's this, probably digging around looking for toads. Oh, just this weird. And that's uh, man, that's another one that. Those would be really cool to keep. And I don't know how Kevin Fisher has managed to. Oh, yeah. Isn't that weird? I don't I don't know how he's managed to figure out getting them switched over to rodents. And I've, I've Ryan yeah. Cox has talked about it and he said it's actually not that hard, but it still seems. Mm-hmm. And I have I have a weird <sighs> theory with Easterns that. I don't know. I, I don't I'm curious how long the average adult lives in captivity. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I do, because I see it. I haven't heard one living like I've yeah. never heard of a super old Eastern hog nose. So yeah. I, I always wonder if there's something in toads that they need. It's, I mean, it's, it, I would <laughs> you know what it, I mean? If someone knew what that was, I would believe them because I mean, it only makes sense. You know, if you're trying to yeah. fit the, the square into the, the circle because like that is, doesn't... that is their diet. Right. Like their main diet. Like, yes, they'll eat amphibians and stuff. I mean, other you know, types of amphibians, but frogs, you know, toads specifically, like they are built for eating toads, you know, and I don't know. It's I, I, I'm I'm slightly convinced. And that's kind of why I've held back on getting some. I, I really want Easterns and Southerns because I absolutely love hognose snakes. But I do wonder about if toads are more of a necessity for them, you know, at times. But yeah. I like the, I keep some Mexicans that are uh, pretty good on rodents. Um, I've got one yeah. baby being a little picky, um, but I mean, I've got adults that are doing just, just fine. Um, I do want to keep those Southerns at some point. I was actually talking to Kevin about those, Nice, but that's going to have to that's, wait. That's one I've never seen people. either. Yeah. Yeah. The Southerns those are actually cool. rare. Yeah. 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 I can I tell would... by their price tag. Uh, yeah, I would love to herb some southerns, <laughs> man. Yeah, no, I've I love I love southern hogs, man. They're absolutely fantastic. We had one at that nature center that I was working at too, and I mean, really, it, I didn't find it to be any more different or exciting than the easterns, you know, other than the pattern and color and stuff. But I have a I I wish I had kind of had a better appreciation for them at the time because I I didn't realize they were as hard to come across as they are now. yeah i think they're actually there's one of the few species in south carolina that's like legitimately protected yeah yeah i think they're really unique i don't know i think they look a lot different than eastern oh, at least to do. me like yeah. in the face especially to me like they have a much more like i don't know almost like a elongated squished in face the one we had didn't didn't hood or you know do all the theatrics that the eastern did nearly as much it was much more watered down i guess yeah lot less dramatic i've only had one eastern play dead on me and it was very dramatic about it but i've only i've caught i don't know probably six eastern eastern hogs and this one this one was on the smaller side it was like it was wasn't a baby but it was a you know sub-adult small but man i found him it was funny i thought i always think they're racers like as soon as I see them, I think they're racers because they're always melanistic, and I'm like, yeah. "Oh man!" But all of a sudden they hood up, and I'm like, "That's not a racer," you know. So I flipped over this thing, and it dude, I pulled it out, and take some pictures, and immediately just like, ah, no, done. Bro. You ever kept any like Scarlet Kings? 
Yeah, yeah. So I've got a, a female that's one of the larger ones that I've ever seen. She's actually on fuzzies, uh, which is pretty nice. neat. Um, yeah, she's been confused as a annulata before, which is kind of kind of neat. Um, and then I've got a baby um, that I picked up from Russ Cormack um, recently. It's a, it's a male. I'm going to raise it up and hopefully breed it to the female. Um, the female's from South Carolina, so it's not going to be. I'll be producing generics uh, until I can get a a nice solid pair um, from Russ. Um, but that's just what I got going now. Um, the babies, uh, at least the baby that I have um, is fitting good on uh, uh, chicken heart slivers. Um, so I, if, have you guys seen, uh, well, I'm sure you guys have seen baby Scarlet Kings or Eastern Milk Snakes. They're really yeah. small. Yeah. Same coastal plains and they can't take uh, a pinky. Um, so, I mean, we just got to do something that works and apparently chicken heart, Works good enough for them. Uh, have you ever tried like chopped up pinkies? I haven't tried that yet. Um, I have tried some. Legs. I've tried um, like a leg from a uh, like a hopper mouse whenever I was skinning, whenever I skinned my rodents for my neurodia. Um, but I mean, it hasn't shown any interest in that yet. Mm. Um, I feed it since it's kind of a smaller prey item uh, with it just being a sliver of a chicken heart. I feed it probably about every. Uh, three or four days, um, so a little bit more regularly than my other uh, life peltus. Uh, but it is being so small, you know. I'm glad it's eating something. Yeah, um, I can only imagine force feeding that. I have enough trouble with Taylor eye, you know. The baby Utah milks come out real small, um, and just mm-hmm. tail feeding those is real tough. Um, and I, the scarlets are a little bit smaller than the Utahs, so I don't. That's another one I've never found, man. Like everyone tells me, find dead pines and peel the like look under the bark and stuff like, that's, that's right that's I what i've do. always been told and every time i go and do i've still yet to find one Dude, i have only i've only ever I see scarlet snakes all the time but scarlet kings scarlet snakes yeah scarlet Those snakes are, are pretty common i've never found a scarlet king here i did on my trip to florida it's kind of funny i found this my first scarlet king i was like i had just gotten out of the hospital for kidney stones in tallahassee and I was on all types of, I was on like a lot of painkillers because I was in a stupid amount of pain, but I still went out herping that night again. And uh, I kind of fell asleep in the back seat and um, somebody just said snake. And I kind of just fell out of the back of the car and ran out and it was my life for Scarlet King. And I grabbed it up. I was like, yeah, they took a picture of me. I was smoking a cigarette with a hospital band on and a Scarlet King in the other hand. It was Does the yeah, female eat mice? gone. Do what? Is the female eating mice? Yeah, she's feeding on uh, fuzzy mice. Yeah, so she's she's doing great. So with the different localities, um, I mean, they'll eat different things. You know, in Florida, mm-hmm. of course, you've got the, the brown owls or whatnot. Um, I try to stay away from all lizards um, as far as feeding my scarlet kings and other smaller milk snake species, you know, um, just because from a mentor of mine, he was saying lizards are like crack. It's kind of hard to get them off that, you know, once they're on that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, of course, you got to you got to get them eating on something. So if it came down to it, I would feed lizards. Um, but I mean, it's not as it's not as meaty, I guess, um, of a feed source. So I want to get something that's got a little bit more substance for them. Yeah. You know? So the chicken heart is working good. And you got to dust that, of course, with a little bit of calcium and some just generic multivitamin stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Where do you get your chicken hearts? Yeah. So um, I can find them uh, at any grocery store here. You'll see them in packs of like, uh, it's normally a pack of like chicken gizzards. It'll say chicken gizzards with chicken hearts. Um, and at the, the Kroger down the street um, from me, it's about 50-50 as far as uh, gizzard to chicken heart ratio. 
That's right. man. There's like for right. I've I've been looking for him because Billy Hunt feeds his stuffed chicken hearts all the time, and he he gets he finds them no problem. Yeah, and I've, some looked, Walmart I've looked at every have? grocery store, and some I, of the Walmart's I have, uh, some of the WalMarts have like cups of just chicken heart, but they're always out of stock every time that I go. And I'm always asking the the people that are stocking the shelves, when are we going to get these in? They're like, we get them in all the time, but I guess there's some go so fast. culture that goes crazy for chicken hearts or something. I don't know. Have you tried Publix? Yeah. Really? Everyone has like gizzards or liver, I think. Livers. I mean, why gizzards, Why would gizzards not work? I don't not know. As... I just, hearts, I think, are just pure, pure protein and very little. Yeah. It's pretty lean. Yeah, I heard one guy say that gizzards gave one of his snakes an issue and it ended up dying. I don't know if it was related to the gizzard or just something else. Yeah, gizzards uh, are really, really tough. I don't know if you guys, I've ate, I've eaten fried yeah. gizzards and they're really, really chewy. So I just, I just stick to the chicken hearts because that works, you know. Yeah, for sure. I want to try them because I feel yeah, like no, the bears would yeah. go crazy for them. I think anything. I'm sure the boy would go crazy. For I, I haven't tried it with the snakes yet, but that might be something cool to try. Um, the yeah. hypsiglena? No, no, no. The, uh, the the chicken hearts. I haven't tried it with uh, any. You mentioned uh, feeding it to a bear's, but I haven't. I haven't tried it with any rat snakes. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, I pretty much save that for my Scarlet King, of course, and then my Thamnophis that I keep. Like the, some of the ribbons, like it. Um, it's a little, little extra boost. Um, so yeah. How many bears you got? Let's get down one. to what's important. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I've probably got eight. Um, yeah, I've got eight. Yeah. Yeah. Five adults and then three that are I'm still calling young adults, um, but they're they're ready to breed this season. Um f- those three happen to be uh from the the Vivid line stock. I've got one pair uh, of adults from Vivid that have produced um that hopefully I'll be having a good clutch of next year. Um and then I've got two uh wild caught uh bears from Valverde. Valverde County. Um I've been on the hunt for a, a female. Um, I've got the guy that actually got me those. I reconnected with him um, through the power of Facebook. Um, and uh, hopefully I'll be getting a, a female um, just whenever he gets one in next year. Um, and then I've got one that's unfortunately a non-locale. It's a mix between a, a uh, one of the vivid line animals and a Valverde animal. Um, and it's got some really, really, really bright orange. It's one of my favorite looking birds. Just unfortunately it's, not locale, which I, mean, I try to keep everything locale. Yeah, I don't. I mean, that's a, that's a struggle that I've I've have also been contemplating because I have some that are undocumented and mm-hmm. talking to Rob Stone about it, and he's like, "Man, it really it doesn't really matter. Like, if they look good, they look good." And I do agree, yeah. but it is like this weird thing where it's like if it comes from West Texas, I feel like it almost has to have a locale, otherwise it doesn't count. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like, this is this is my like alternative gotten so extreme, or at least they they used to. That it's like it just feels dirty not having yeah information on them where it's like it's a bear's but this is my thing with it is like if it's an awesome animal it's an awesome animal and like if you're into it you're into it my biggest thing with it is just make sure you label it oh yeah as well right. when i when yeah. i bring you know what i mean ones, yeah like just, just say it's undocumented if somebody likes it then they like mm-hmm. it that's the thing Definitely. like not everybody has to love locality stuff right like you know like three that are i have a trio that's undocumented and those will produce some some really good looking bears. Yeah, like, and that's perfectly okay. They're that, just bears, rat snakes. It's like, just I don't know. It just feels it feels wrong 
Like it's the locality thing has gotten so extreme with a lot of that stuff mm-hmm. from that area that it's like, but no one's going to want this. It, but you could also know if it's like, if you, if you know, it's from a West Texas area, you know, or a certain, like if it has like a certain look, you know, it's not a Mexican, you can label right. it as a right. West Texas um, bear. Even then, you know, you know whatever. Yeah. I just, uh, just growing up through the hobby. I mean, my mentors that I've had, they've always, especially with the uh, more uncommon stuff, you know, I want to keep, I guess growing up, I've been uh, kind of taught just to keep the the locale stuff, and that's just kind of uh, kind of stayed with me. Uh, yeah, the, yeah, you know, um, and especially with some of the stuff that I work with, that not a whole lot of other people work with. You know, it's kind of cool to have different varieties of locales and keeping those pure, so we don't end up with like I don't know, hobby line corn snakes that are just crazy or whatnot. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, that's that's just not my thing. You know, I like the the wild wild type or naturally occurring um, morphs and stuff like that. Um, with the exception gonna, of the lino, but do yeah. a little bit of both. I'm going to have the locality stuff, but then I also, you know, me and Chris have the pair of head anneries mm-hmm. and yeah. I have, you know, male hypos and I've got my Loma altas and I've got some Mexicans. And so I'm interested to sort of play around with things a little bit, but also have the locality stuff. You know, yeah. I feel like there's a lot of untapped potential with bears as far as, that kind of stuff goes and no one's really done a whole lot of mixing and changing things up. So I don't know. Yeah, I gotta say your albino slash hypo bears, whatever, like that's one of the nice ver- nicest versions of like albinism in a in snake. The, I've seen. The little one or the bigger one? I either one. Like either your albinos or hypos, whatever you call them. Like they are just that the look the look that they have as albinos, like those snakes in particular, like I don't know, they're really cool looking. I'm a sucker for albinos. I don't love morphs, but mm-hmm. I like I like anneries and exanthics. Like I love the gray stuff, and then I really like albinos. Like I'm really into it. I have Florida I have Florida um Florida pines that are albinos and yeah. um, some other pituophis, but I love I don't know. The bear, the albino bears are super freaking nice, man. Yeah, they kind of look like candy to me a little bit. You know? Yeah, like, yeah, nice like that pink yeah. cotton yeah. candy. Yeah. Yeah, they're sweet. They're awesome snakes. I was telling him today, like 2023, man, that's when I'm going to have a lot of pairs ready to go. I mean, I'm, I'm already going to have more pairs than I did last year ready to go with this upcoming season. But the other like stuff that's still like, at least a year out from being – of size and age, man. Like I'm pretty pumped for that. Yeah. I'm definitely going to keep tabs on your Mexican bears now that I know that you have those. Oh, so yeah. reaching out for those, those are, those are on the list for me personally. I haven't, I haven't kept those yet. So I would love to be able to go down there in that area and actually look for them, but I don't feel like getting kidnapped. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think if we all go and we have a big enough group, the cartel can't take all numbers. of us. <laughs> Yeah. We'll just have I'm to gonna, sacrifice Brots or someone else. <laughs> yeah. Take him. I knew you were gonna He's small it. and easy to catch. I knew you were going to do it. I, bet I can outrun all you, you guys. You probably so could. I, I'm not <laughs> Knowing my luck, it would be me. <coughs> Get about 50 yards and I'd just be on the ground out of breath. Anybody we would go herping with, I, I can. I think I could safely outrun. So, At least most of them. Pain shot might give me a run. But uh, he's a pretty big dude. He'd talk yeah. his way out of it because you know. He'd, he'd <laughs> I think Chris would just beat him up, dude. <laughs> Paint chap's huge. No, let's go between you and Paint Chap. Yeah, maybe we could take. We're him. not your bodyguards, huh? 
I'm not your personal security. I've never said you were. You're the one. You're the one talking about sacrificing me. Are you kidding me? Women and children last. So what's up with the the shovel nose snakes? Yeah, so um, that's kind of a new thing. Um, I've always I've seen them around, um, and I've always thought they were cool. You know, with the different herpers that I follow and all that, it's kind of cool to uh, just get to see them. You know, their Um, pattern and color remind me of the sand fish, the snakes. Yeah, 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 like that in a snake form. Yeah, yeah, I guess. yeah, so I mean, I'm in the group uh, Diminutive Colubrids on uh, Facebook. I don't know if either of y'all are in that, um, but it's kind of a neat, neat little group. Um, I just posted one day. I was like, "Hey, is anyone keeping these? Um, if uh, if so, shoot me a message. I'd love to keep them, use them as uh, educational animals, and also try to breed them um, to be able to provide more uh, more captive bred animals into the hobby. Um, I know there's like two or three people that have had success breeding them." Um, but they're always small fletches, like two or three eggs at a time. And they're mm-hmm. really hard to, um, to, uh, get established because a lot of them die, um, a few weeks out of the egg. Um, unfortunately, I mean, it's a small species to begin with, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, all of my adults, they're, they're less than a foot long. Um, yeah, they're kind of, I guess I would say kind of a, a desert version of a rough green snake kind of. Okay. And I just say that because they are surprisingly arboreal. Mm-hmm. Um, I find mine climbing a lot. Um, I keep mine in a, uh, they're going to get upgraded to a 20 gallon. Um, but right now they're in a, a decently sized 10 gallon. Um, it's got some good, uh, climbing features for them to kind of get away from each other if needed or whatnot. Um, and I keep them with, uh, about three inches of sand, um, just so they can burrow and do all the things they need to do. Um, I do keep them a little bit warmer. Um, these guys are from the desert, you know? Uh, yeah. and so I, I keep them uh, around uh, the low 90s, so like 92 on the warm side. And on the lower side, it's usually in the, the lower 80s uh, or so. Do you give uh, them like a basking light? Uh, no, I've, I've got a, a, a heat pad right okay. now. Um, I did do a, a red heat lamp for a while, uh, but I mean, they just went out and never got around to, to replacing that. Yeah, those never seem to last very long. Yeah, no, I, I they're expensive like, too. You the know? filaments are made out of like tin foil, and it's like they yeah burn up yeah. after you know a month. Yeah, so I, I just went to the the heat pad uh, with a thermostat. Yeah, that's a little easier and more cost efficient. Yeah, I know for sure. Uh, but yeah, and then as far as um, uh, diet, um, they're primarily insectivores. I have heard of them taking um, small lizards, but I haven't tried that um, just because I haven't found any house geckos yet that are small enough for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do plan on adding that in the spring just to kind of try it out a little bit. Um, yeah. I like varied diets among uh, my animals, um, just to keep them a little healthier. Um, but yeah, their, their main diet in the wild um, is scorpions and small beetles, mm. um, and, uh, insect larvae, stuff like that. Mm. Um, as far as in captivity, um, I feed them uh, small crickets, and I actually have a few that Tom feed uh, with mealworms. And mealworm beetles, too. I tried mealworm beetles recently, and they really like that. Um, so that's just something that's kind of cool. Um, you guys have plenty of centroroides around there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's no shortage yeah. of a tatus to, to feed off. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely want to get out and try and uh, collect um, a little bit more varied prey items, um, especially since I do want to keep Tantilla at some point. We've got yeah. uh, flat-headed snakes. 
Um, but I need to, while I'm out collecting small scorpions for these shaman snakes, I want to collect the, the small little stone centipedes and try and get those breeding uh, and see if I can keep some flat-headed snakes um, at some point too. Um, but yeah, with those shovel nose, I'm really enjoying them. Um, at first they were all kind of shy, you know, they would always stay burrowed. Um, as soon as I come in, they go under, uh, but they're actually coming out more, uh, showing themselves a little bit more and becoming more of a display species, I guess. Um, and if you guys see my Instagram, I post them probably about once every week, week and a half or so. I'm kind of obsessed with them. Uh, yeah, I mean the colors are just yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, they pop. Yeah, it's kind of like it a, almost looks like a fake snake. They almost look fake. Like almost look like yeah. a boy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They kind of look. The, the first picture I ever posted them whenever I first got them in, um, a bunch of in hand shots. Um, I think that was around the July time, um, late June, early July, something like that. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, they kind of look plastic in the, some of those pictures, um, but they are real. <laughs> yeah 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 they're, they're cool I'm looking at them so right you now. said you so, cool. so you said you catch scorpions for them uh, i haven't started that yet oh. uh, but that is part of their diet in the wild um and one one thing that i really like to do is vary diets like right, my right, yeah. where they get a bunch of different stuff um and so i, I will uh collect some small i've got a few populations well bark scorpions are everywhere here in texas you know um so i'll be taking those and pinching their pinchers kind of like lobsters you know and I got you. Feeling, just experimenting with that and seeing if yeah. they show any interest in that uh, at all, just so I can um, just add something that they might not have in their diet in captivity um, that they would have in the wild. Just, you know. For sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What about the decays? Yeah, the decays, um, those are cool. Um, I've kept those off and on. Um, I actually had a, a, a gravid female um, last year. It was either last year or the year before. I don't remember. Um, but yeah, those are really cool. Um, they're pretty much, their care is similar to garter snakes. Um, I mean, UVB is, is I've seen that uh, have some benefits with these guys. Um, they kind of come out a little bit more. They do uh, climb around a lot. Um, you'll see that a lot in the diminutive calibrids group. Um, but as far as uh, feeding those in captivity, it's just pretty simple earthworms that are chopped up. Uh, once you get them tongue feeding off that, um, you can put in some of that uh, chicken heart chunks of that, and they'll they'll take to those as well and get a little little girthier, um, some healthier snakes there. Uh, those have look ever since I saw David Kelly was keeping some. We get so we don't have, I think we have decays, but we mostly see the red bellies, which is the okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. and we see those all the time. Like those mm -hmm. things are everywhere. And every time I see them, I think about seeing David's. I'm like, man, those would be fun to, those would be fun to play. Yeah, with. yeah. and I, I like um, just the different colors on some of these fossorial snakes are pretty cool. And the different locales of DKs, you can have some that are kind of more red, uh, mm -hmm. some that are gray, some that are brown. Um, they're they're really variable. Um, that's that that's something that I like about those. Um, another new species, uh, fossorial species that I'm working with that I haven't really posted too much about um yet are uh, i got in a group of uh ringneck snakes uh recently um getting those up oh, and wow. feeding. um they're southerns um they're from the i guess what would be the northern extent of their range um from the, the maryland area which i didn't think they ranged up that north but based off of uh their kind of characteristics um i would classify them as southerns 
Um, and those are feeding on uh, earthworms right now for me. Um, and similar to the DKs, they'll eat the chicken hearts too. Um, they'll even take, uh, what are those small, uh, the small geckos that do parthenogenesis? Um, Mornings? Yeah, morning geckos. Yeah, they'll take those as well. Um, there's a, quite a few people in the diminutive colubrids chat or group uh, that work with uh, Southern ringnecks, which is kind of cool to see. Um, it's probably doesn't sound like much um, just because I'm sure you guys flip them all the time. Um, I've never found one. Really? Oh. Yeah. Never found well, one. I've found a lot of ringnecks, man. They're all, I wouldn't say all the time. I geek out whenever I find a ringneck. Yeah, I, I never, do. I absolutely come love ringneck snakes. That's why when you said that, I was like, oh, that's yeah. cool. I love ringneck snakes, man. And anytime I see them, I, I geek out. You're watching the yeah, shovel nose go after that beetles. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. That was you that know, was definitely you know, a, a fun feeding video. Day. You know what they look like? They look like the uh, Cape Coral. Cobras. Yeah, kind of. They look, yeah. yeah, they look exactly like. Bit. them. I mean, look at that. You saw that? That looks fake. Dude, like if so I saw cool, that on the shelf at a store, I'd be like, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's a rubber snake. Yeah, I do like the the variability within their uh, within that locale. Um, they're from the Borrego Springs area. Uh, Southern California um, is, is it's pretty neat. Um, Gerard Kruger, I mentioned him earlier, uh, probably talking about Eastern King snakes, but he uh, reached out to me and uh, got him in contact with my source. And now he is, uh, he's got a proven pair of uh, shovel noses that he'll be working with. Uh, so that's something that's kind of cool. Uh, just helping people. Get Salvador is awesome too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was uh, so. I haven't had a whole lot of success with patch nose snakes. Um, I find patch nose snakes, man. Yeah, I find patch nose snakes around me and in the the north central Texas area, um, but I haven't been able to get those switched over on uh, on rodents. You know, they've always taken just the the spiny lizards, and I don't want to I don't want to go out and collect spiny lizards all the time and hurt the population yeah. around my house. You know, um, so I usually let those go. Um, after a week or two, I can't get them on uh, rodents. But um, are you guys familiar with Max Moses? Yeah. MJS reptiles? Yeah. Yeah, he's got some really awesome um, stuff that he gets in, a lot of F1 wild-caught stuff. Um, and it just happened to be the, the right time, right place. I picked up a big Ben Pachino snake from him. I believe it's from New Mexico. Um, and it's it, it's doing great. Uh, oh, that's awesome, man. Yeah, it's it's – I was a little bit nervous at first, um, but he, he kind of talked me through it and showed me that it's actually feeding on uh, fuzzy mice. So that, that's nice. And, uh, but it hasn't missed a meal with me yet. So when we were in the Davis mountains, we found a mountain patch nose and like you see it from afar and it's like, okay, cool. It's a striped snake, but looking at it up close, like the blues, They're wild, in the, yeah, I was like, yeah. holy crap. Like this, well, it was one of the coolest snakes that, that I had seen in the whole trip. I, I found yeah. my first experience with passionate snakes was when I was in Corpus Christi, Texas. And I found one like I to me, like I had only found kind of small passionate snakes. I had found like one or two that yeah. it kind of threw me off. They were really small. Look at the blues oh, on that man. Thing, dude. I think it almost looks like a beauty snake, man. Yeah, it, that's exactly yeah. like that's what we yeah. were saying. We were playing with mm -hmm. it. And I, I, I thought it was a bear's at first because I had walked up on it when we were coming down. We were in um. It was Madera Canyon, maybe. And uh, 
I thought it was a baby bears at first, so I got super excited, and then I walked up on it, and I was like, oh, it's a patch nose. And for some reason, I thought they were rear fanged, and so I was like, I grabbed it, and I was kind of hesitant. But how big was that? Not, not very. I mean, probably about the same size, like about the size of a yearling bears. Okay, this uh, this was I found one. This was one of my diving. I don't think you can't see yeah. This is the I found a massive patch nose out in Corpus. Look at the size of this thing. Yeah, it wasn't anywhere near that. Yeah, I dove in the bushes. This thing had to be about three and a half foot long, man. The biggest patch I've ever seen in my life. It was huge. I dove in the bushes like in some briars to grab this thing, man. It was freaking insane. I don't understand. I thought it was a garter at first because it was so big. Yeah. Yeah, I don't understand how some of the species like this that they just get overlooked, I guess. I, I don't yeah. know. Um, but part of my page, I mean, I'm bringing light to some of these more underrated species. Yeah, absolutely. Try and draw some attention to those so other people um, enjoy them as well and hopefully um, produce some of this stuff like the shovel noses, um, which we'll see how that goes. Um, but uh, the plan is to produce those and share them with other people that uh, have uh, similar interests with me, you know? Yeah, man. Have I'm, you, def- I'm definitely going to be tracking your stuff. Have you kept Hypsogleno? Uh, no. No? I don't, after our conversation the other day on Instagram about them. I, oh, my bad, my bad. The, the night snakes, I'm not. Yeah. Yeah, yeah my bad, sorry. Um, yes, yeah, I'm not. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try those out, I think. Yeah, I'm kind of, I'm kind of dumb as far as uh, like the professional uh, snake people with as far as the the scientific names. I'm one of those scientific names. No my Cop- copies and paste off the Google. You know, I I grew <laughs> up just with the common names. So anyway, yeah, um, I'm yeah, with you, man. Yes. Trust me. <laughs> yeah. So as far as uh, night snakes, yes, yes, I do have a hopeful pair. Um, the male is actually starting to look female as it kind of grows up a little bit, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, yeah. So the night snakes, they're doing good. Um, I picked those up probably about two weeks ago, um, at a, a Lone Star Reptile Expo, which is kind of a local, mm-hmm. local, um, type reptile expo. Um, I have kept them probably about five or six years ago. Um, and the only thing they've eaten for me have been, uh, frozen dog knolls. Um, I got those through, um, just one of those million fauna ads of people that go out and mm-hmm. hire high school kids to collect them, you know, and I phrase them and all that. But, um, yeah, yeah, they're pretty neat. Um, I, I really like their coloration and the fact that they are rear fang and they're so small, you know, um, it, it's kind of cool, um, to bring those to educational events, you know, and have them in a little deli cup and show these kids mm-hmm. some neat little venomous snake that is, uh, kind of native to our area. Yeah, we found a handful of them when we were out there, man. Those were, we found, I don't know, probably at least five or six of them over the course yeah. of the week. And they were just so, they were so cool. I, I mean, yeah. uh, like being a Boyga guy, it was kind of filled that, mm-hmm. filled that void. Scratch that, that, that itch. Yeah, scratch that itch. And yeah, I, don't, I mean, we had talked about them and I wasn't like, I'm, I'm wondering if scenting, have you tried scenting? I haven't gotten to that point yet because okay. they're still, they're still kind of small. Yeah. Um, they're just barely finishing up these anoles. I have to cut off the back legs because they poke out too much and they end up. <laughs> good. Um, so one, once they get um, some good girth on them, I'll be able to try that. But I have heard um, there have been a few P 
people that keep uh, night snakes, they get pretty large and can feed on uh, hopper mice, which is pretty, that's like insane to me. Yeah. I haven't heard of one before um, outside of uh, this guy named Jordan, uh, forgetting his last name. I think it's poor, poor dead or something like that. I don't know. Um, anyway. Yeah. So um, just once they get on pinkies, just like anything, they'll take off just like the Nerodia. Once they're on rodents, they'll take off in size. Um, of course not. They take frogs too. I'll bet you. They I, I bet they would. Some of those red spotted toads. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually did see a, a, been one of those Arizona herp observer groups. Um, and I saw one consuming a, a, an adult uh, banded gecko that was pretty cool. Um, and those are a little bit bigger than the gnolls. Mm-hmm. It was kind of neat to see the, the progression of it um, taking the thing down. Yeah, I just after we talked about it, I've been thinking about it more. And I saw some at Daytona; they were like thirty bucks a piece. Yeah, that's exactly out. that's exactly how much mine were. I was yeah. like, damn it, man! Now I think about it, I should have got them. But yeah, yeah, well, now, nice but probably wild caught though. Now, oh, for sure, definitely all like, wild caught. Yeah, yeah. I, I haven't really heard of people producing them. Yeah, um, but if I can get a male, that would be part of my plan. I'm not sure exactly what to do with babies once I have them. Probably a null tails, I would assume. Um, but I think that'd be really something really cool to take a shot at, you know. And it's pretty, it's nuts. Those things go all the way up to Canada. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I guess they follow the California they, coast out, out yeah, west. Yeah, they have a very big range. That's wild. Yeah, it's yeah, they're, they're such cool little snakes, man. Yeah. I, I really want to get my hands on some after I've been thinking about it. I mean, it's a great project because they won't take up a ton of space. Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely. You know, and they'll just they'll be fun. You know, I just I think yeah. I, I enjoyed playing with them so much when we were in Texas that it's like I, that's the one of yeah. the, one of my favorite parts was the the horn toads and the. Or the horn lizards and the uh, the night snakes. Yeah, and definitely Texas and New Mexico is a spot to get them because uh, the Chihuahuans I've heard have had a little bit better success switching over to rodents. I'm not sure why that is. It's kind of like with the long noses, how long noses there are certain locales that do better mm-hmm. on rodents, um, but just the Chihuahuans tend to do a little bit better switching over to rodents, uh, from what I've heard. We're gonna find out. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder yeah. if that's actually something Max could get a hold of. I'll bet you it is. Yeah, and if if uh, if he doesn't have any leads, just shoot me a message and I'll send you the guy that I got mine from. He goes out all over the Southwest collecting stuff. Um, he's a good dude. Oh, yeah. You see. Yeah. As far as uh, outside of colubrids, I don't venture too much. Um, I do have a pair of rubber boas uh, that I picked up. Um, from Pinecrest, uh, California. They're, I think they're either F1s or F2s, um, but they're a project that I'm looking forward to for the future. Nice. Yeah. How are your thorn Those scrubs? So weird little snakes, man. Thorn are scrubs? Your thorn, are your thorn scrubs assholes? So I do have one thorn scrub, um, and then I've got a trio of the Emery uh, rat snakes. But the, the thorn scrub is an asshole, yes. Um, whenever I clean racks, I don't really go in there with much equipment. Um, but I do have a little plastic paint scraper that I use as kind of a shield as I'm going through, <laughs> going through sometimes the spatula, you know. Uh, but one, once it's out, it's good. Um, it's just that cage defensiveness. I'm not sure what is up with those, but I've, I don't know, man. I have a pair that Chris sent me that are, I mean, they're wild caught and they're from Nuasis and. 
the females, she's she's horrible. And the male, actually, for whatever reason, within the last like two weeks, has gotten really bad too. Dude, the three that I just got because I I just picked up a trio of uh, adult Thorns Provens, and dude, they're fine. I had them all. I had all three of them in my hand at once. When I, I took just, them out of the bag. And they were... My female. Anytime I got to deal with her, I'm like, oh, it's just yeah. Dude, oh, like, just make. I just want to make this quick. And she's yeah. right. Trying to murder me. Yeah, and that's why I don't post too many pictures of of her. The one that I've got because she's just nonstop pissing vinegar. Like she won't stop shrieking. Like until I put her back down and close her drawer. It cracks me up that they yeah, exhale dude. like a boxer when they're hitting a target. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's like watching MMA fighters hit a bag. They make that yeah. same sound every time they hit. It's yeah, like the first yeah. time it actually like like legitimately Startled made me jump. You. I was like, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't expecting it. And she was like, mm-hmm. I was picking up the hide and she just started hitting it. And I'm like, what the hell? Because I pulled her out of the bag when I first got her and she was fine. But it's like that whole like traveling yeah. Yeah. pulled out of the box, don't know where I am, confusion sort of thing. She was cool. But then yeah. I mm-hmm. set her up and it was like two days later. She's like, dude, I hate you. Yeah. Yeah. That uh, that smaller female red face ketchup I have is exactly what well, was exactly the same way. She's tamed down quite a bit, um, but just whenever I got her, just initially that same hitting and a little bit of a kind of sound is yeah. yeah. Dude, my um, so I picked up a pair of um, Brewster County Texas Emery's uh, mm-hmm. not too long ago. Yeah, and dude, my female. So he sent me, he sent me one that he was like, he, he was a little hesitant on sending it to me, and because uh, she is really nice, but man, she just shed because he got he sent it to me and shed, and um, she just shed, and dude, oh my god, I about threw up when I saw her with a fresh shed boy, that female that I have. <laughs> I think I'm gonna be sick, dude. I was like, what is this? Like, dude, she's almost like. Cause that's why like I got, cause I'm not super, I really love like yellow and gray rat snakes as I've already said, as anybody knows, but like I wanted some Texas stuff just to have. Mm-hmm. And like I saw um, Chris Elmer's and he has this female that's just like really light colored, like really faded pattern. And I was like, that's cool. Yeah. I want that, you know? And so I wanted one from that one specifically. And he had a pair and dude, this female he sent me is like exactly what it was. Her pattern is so faded now with this fresh shed. And she's like, almost like this golden green color. And yeah. Oh, dude, yeah. I'm super excited about those animals. I love my, I love those memories. Yeah. I like the, I haven't kept them before, but the, they're classified as emeries now, but the, the inner Montane rats yeah. um, that are kind of, the northwestern uh, area. I like those too, with that little green hints on, you know. Uh, yeah. And they're also the a smaller of the localities. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, definitely. I know the, um, I know the Brewsters and the Thorn Scrubs will get pretty hefty. I've heard the Thorns will get a bit longer. I think from the, from what I know, from what I've yeah, heard Chris from people, the, thorn scrubs get, get the Thorn Scrubs get pretty long, but I know the Emery's, like the Brewsters that I have, those are, I've heard those are shorter, but a lot stockier. These are fat little babies, boy. I tell they you, are. they're they're small, yeah. but they're chunky. They're eating fuzzies, no problem, man. They're they're huge. Yeah, I've uh, got a trio. Good. No, I was just gonna say I've heard the Inner Montana are a lot smaller of a of the Emery's or the Moriai complex, but yeah, yeah, definitely. I've got a trio of uh, Palapento. Um, Emery grapevine rat snakes that are pretty pretty hefty. Um, yeah, I like them a lot. Um, that locale in Palo Pinto, I uh, 
I do a lot of harping there. It's about an hour and a half for me, and I find that's where I've got um, a trio of coach whips from. I've got my my checkered yeah. brothers next. They're all F one. I'm looking at the the yeah. bulls right now. Yeah, yeah, those bulls. They're nice. Um, actually, the the ranger um, at one of the camps that I harp out there uh, collected that male um, and finished off my pair, so that was nice. Um, I really like the females' orange tail. Um, I guess the people watching this can't really see. Um, but if you check out my Instagram and kind of scroll through Connor underscore Wardle, you'll see those. Um, I'm really excited to be able to produce those because those are both wild caught animals. Um, nice. The female was collected off of a, a bush, um, actually off the ground, which was kind of weird. Like I've never seen a bull snake off the ground before. Um, of course, I mean, I'm not a dedicated harper, so I don't really see a lot of bulls. Uh, but it was, it was kind of cool uh, catching it as a baby. Um, watching it grow up to be this this big, uh, soon-to-be breeder animal. That's awesome, man. I absolutely I love Pituophis, man. That's, yeah. that's, that's really cool. Um, and, dude, you can't beat Texas bulls, man. Mm-hmm. They're yeah. massive. They are just absolute tanks. They're so freaking cool. I'm, nice, I'm going to be getting some from Chris here. saw a nice D.O.R. Soon. Dang, that's a pretty bummer. Yeah. I found the only the only pituophis I have ever herped was in um Oasis County in Corpus Christi, Texas. It's the only pituophis I've ever found. I was walking up to a nature center, it was a scurrying across the parking lot, and dude, I lost it. I was so freaking excited <laughs> to find that bull snake. Yeah, uh, they're cool. Um I've I've got a good amount, I guess. I've got a pair of gophers from Lajitas, Texas that are F1s. Oh, those are sick. Yeah, there's yeah. some on Morph Market that yeah. I've been looking at pretty hardcore. Um, yeah. I don't they're, think they'll get really them. Nice. Oh, my God, those things are nice. Yeah. Yeah, I really like the the color on the saddles. My female's almost kind of maroonish, which is kind mm-hmm. of nice. Um, and then, uh, of course, the Palapentos. Uh, I've got one from uh, the Lake Bridgeport area, which is another locale that I've got coach hoops from. Um, and then one actually from Grand Prairie, mm-hmm. which is a relatively built up area, which is kind of cool to see one from kind of a more residential type area, which is kind of neat. And then there's a, uh, I guess, sub adult that I'm raising up that was from a glue trap in Fort Worth where I live. So that's kind of cool. Hmm. Um, where else do you go herping when you do aside from Palo Pinto? Yeah. So I hit Palo Pinto a lot. Um, and then just whenever I'm driving around, um, I've got a buddy in uh, Houston that I get a lot of animals from and he doesn't uh, feel comfortable shipping animals. So I herp as I'm driving down there and as I'm herping back, uh, I herp on the way back. I've got a pretty cool uh, mattress flip site. I'll send you guys pictures of. Um, it's pretty neat. Uh, just right off the road. Uh, pretty much anytime I'm on any type of driving uh, or long distance driving, if I see an abandoned building or something, I'll stop for a little bit, poke around, you know, in Texas, you got to be a little bit more careful with that. Yeah, <laughs> that's why it's so hard doing that around here, man. Because everything's private property. Everything's yeah. private property. You know, yeah. you'll get shot real quick over that. And I'm that's why I like I really don't. I really hit only. I only hit yeah you know, public places for the most part. And I always yeah. map out my herping trips, the places I know I can go. Yeah, yeah. And then I've got that place in Dallas County that I was referring to earlier with the the confluence. Yeah, um, it's. Pretty nice. It's a pretty nice uh, park on uh, Lake Louisville. Um, and then Lake Bridgeport is kind of near uh, the Palapento area. There's a bunch of Prairie King records there. So I've been trying to cruise a female Prairie King for my three males. 
Um, but I have I've been. How do you end up with three males? Uh, just buying them off Fauna and different uh, shows. You know, I've got one non-locale, um, and then two wild-caught animals. Uh, one from down by the Houston area, um, and then one from the the eastern side of the U.S. So, yeah, it's kind of tough to find. Um, like. I'd be fine with just any adult female Caligaster as long as it's not an albino. You know, I just want normal looking um, mm -hmm. prairie king snakes just so I can have something cool. And it doesn't have to be locale specific. Uh, but I've got um, I've got a few guys that are going to be producing them uh, next season. Um, and hopefully I can snag um, some nice pairs from them. Do you have any mole kings? Yeah. Yeah, I do have one mole king snake from Amherst, Virginia. No way. That's yeah. another one that I'm I started to wonder I if they even love, exist around here. Yeah, yeah. I, I used to have them here things. and I've never even seen someone else come across. They're across supposedly them. around here. I've more I've had so I know somebody who found some in upstate mm -hmm. uh, South Carolina down here. I think you'd have to go up a little bit. Yeah, you know, maybe more, it is a regional thing. Where I think you'd have to go a little coast. bit more sand hill, sand hilly area. Um I actually, uh, I actually started a group on Facebook recently um, called uh, Caligaster Enthusiasts um, just because I've been having trouble getting um, female prairie kings, but I've also been having trouble finding a, a male uh, mole king. Um, and I just want to connect people in the hobby, you know, trying to see what locales are out there. Um, and I've actually found um, a decent number of people that actually are producing mole kings. Um, so that's really no exciting for me. Um, so I can get a few different locales, you know, um, the Pender oh, Carolina area has some really bright orange animals. Um, that I'm trying to get a pair of the, the more orange, um, mole Kings. My mole King is, uh, she's got some nice orange in her saddles, um, which is kind of more of a, I guess more Brown. It's kind of like a, like a brownish green, kind of like a green olive. That's kind of like that muted green color, you know, mm -hmm. um, she looks more like that. Um, and then just another thing that happened out of chance. Um, I found another guy working with the uh, South Florida mole Kings. So I've got my mail on breed loan with him, uh, in Florida. Um, so I'm really hoping, uh, the deal was, uh, I would send him the mail and whenever he produces, um, from his, uh, cause he's, he's got 1.2 and, uh, sending my mail, we can have some unrelated, um, offspring. Um, so eventually, uh, once he has, uh, some good clutches, um, I'll be able to have an unrelated pair of South Florida mole Kings as a, a trade, I guess, for using that male. Um, so that's another exciting thing, uh, as far as Caligaster goes. Dude, I'm going to have to pick your brain about this. I absolutely love mole Kings. That's another one that's big on my herping list. And I'm going to, I'm going to have to get, get in that group you started with those. Cause yeah, you know, yeah. I'm, I would be very interested in looking into that as well very very interesting animals to me mm -hmm. yeah um, but yeah it's another, go ahead no you go ahead okay i was just gonna say it's it's another one of those underrated things but a lot of people oh, just yeah know about them you know yeah um, a lot because my buddy i had a buddy that like i said i found one upstate south carolina and he sent me a picture and he's like dude what is this yeah. And I was like, bro, that's a mole king snake. He's like, what the hell is a mole king snake? You know, he's mm -hmm. not a snake guy, but he's a wildlife guy. Like, you know, yeah. he knows 
knows the local stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, he's not big into reptiles, but he had never heard of it. And a lot of people haven't. Like, even reptile people have never heard of a mole king snake. It's not, yeah. not a common. I've honestly never heard of them in captivity. Like, this yeah. is the first I've heard of people actually keeping them. And that's absolutely yeah, it's a very small. Group. Yeah. Very, I am very intrigued by this. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's super cool. Yeah. Unfortunately, um, the, uh, the, the guy that produced, uh, my mole Kings or my mole King, I should say, I only have one female. Um, I, I reached out to him and he had sent his group to another guy, um, uh, just cause he was getting out of them. And then the state that those animals were sent to outlawed keeping, uh, well, Virginia, uh, outlawed keeping oh. mole Kings of any kind. And so he sent all of his mole Kings to a guy, um, in Europe who's going to be producing those. Uh, it's oh, like Rob, Robert something, um, but he's one of the admins in the group uh, that I started, but uh, it's just, just my luck. You know, the exact locale that I work with, he just sent them over to Europe. So yeah, that <laughs> sucks, man. It's annoying. Um, but yeah, it, life happens. So. <laughs> anyway, continue. So is there, any particular reason you're not keeping exotics or any like pythons or anything like that? Um, for me, it's just cause the market's kind of flooded with them. You know, I like mm -hmm. keeping um, native stuff. Like I said, I grew up just catching stuff in my backyard, you know? Um, and I want to teach people about the cool snakes that are here. Um, there's a lot of people in my area that I'm sure everywhere people are crazy about ball pythons and all sorts of imported stuff and all these crazy color combinations that we can actually find here in the U.S. Just no one knows about them or there's not a whole lot of um, interest in them for some reason. But once people get around to captive breeding some of these more underrated species, um, I would hope that there's a little bit more um, interest in them. For sure. Uh, yeah. If you were keeping them, what would you be into? You think, like, what would you be? Carpet pythons, carpets, <laughs> contras. Um, you seem like you'd be big into like the Asian rats. I Asian really, I really like garter snakes, and I'm I've been in contact. I've been talking to Steve Ball a little bit. I mean, it's it's way out in the future because his. Are you guys familiar with Steve Ball? No, no. Okay, well, he's he's a herpetologist that lives um, in Europe. And he came to Mexico and, and did some studies on some uh, different Mexican garter snake species and South American garter snake species um, and actually collected some animals and brought them back to Europe. Um, and so he's producing all these cool Mexican garter snake species that uh, we can't import from Mexico. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, so he's producing them and bringing them over to guys like Brett Dunn and uh, Rob Shea. Um, and some of that stuff, like the tropical black neck garter snakes are just insane to me. They've got like a blue head and a really cool body. Um, stuff like that. Uh, I'd be yeah. really interested in. Um, let me think back. Whenever I was first getting into snakes, I had some stuff. Um, I do like green tree pythons, just like the look of them, you know, um, they're good display snakes. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I just, I don't know. I just stick with uh, North American stuff because there's a lot of unexplored. He uh, said, I don't want your shitty pythons. <laughs> he yeah. said, I wouldn't keep any of them, actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, man, I feel you. This is the clue bridge, man. I've, I've yeah. got the bug. I got the bug bad. 
I actually yeah. have more colubrids than I have pythons now, which yeah. blows my mind. But yeah, there's yeah, also kind of jump ship. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I do like the neotropical uh, whip snakes. It's another Massacophis species down in uh, mm -hmm. South America. Um, I saw one pair on king snake uh, less than a year ago, but apparently they were from a. Uh, not super reliable source. So I passed on those, but I'm hoping um, they're just the right, right animals come in one of these days and I can look into those. Um, Cause I do, I do work with some whip snakes too. Um, I guess the species I'm working with right now is a striped whip snake. Um, it's kind of a Southwestern species. Uh, I enjoy those. Uh, I just, I'm kind of leaning more into Massascopus now than uh, the light propellers and other stuff is just kind of, where I'm going right now. Yeah, I sent you a picture of one of the, it's a Mastocophis teniatus girardi. Yeah, yeah, the Central Texas Whipsnack, yeah. Yeah, we found one of those in Madera Canyon, and that was actually, so we got there, and there was another group there, and they were all mm -hmm. photographing this Mastocophis, and we saw this group multiple times, and I, they were collecting pretty much everything they saw from what we could gather. Yeah. Um, and fortunately, because yeah. Rob and and Julander and uh, I think Phil um, and Burke and them, they all stopped to see what these people were photographing. And I guess because Rob wanted photos of it, they ended up leaving it there. But he got some yeah. really good pictures. That thing was cool. I didn't I didn't see it because yeah. I was busy walking. I was looking for leps and and pretty much anything else in the rocks. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. The pictures of this thing, man, it's awesome looking. I mean, it's yeah. Yeah, I really like the bands uh, that it has. Um, I actually had one of those at one point, um, but it had a, a mouth infection. Um, and unfortunately, I just got to it too late. Um, whenever I noticed it, it was pretty progressed and it ended up dying soon after. Um, but I mean, that thing was really cool. Um, a lot of these, uh, they've got the, the, bad, uh, the bad rap of just being bitey defensive snakes which i mean is definitely true with my striped whip snake um but they make great display snakes and i really appreciate just being able to watch them do their thing mm. um and they're really active too which is really neat um they're just yeah, we, um, we were surprised it sat still long enough for him to get as many pictures of it as he did yeah yeah that is tough um i know some of my coach whips having trust in them to not just like zip across the room uh, going in a rack or underneath a rack, uh, that takes a lot. And it, it can be tough, but it's it definitely really cool. It pays off whenever they uh, sit still like that. That's that, that's a pretty amazing picture right there. I'm just staring at it right now. It's, it's mm -hmm. Yeah, man, Rob, anytime we found something, Rob was, was sitting there snapping a picture of it for at least a half hour. He was, he was making yeah. sure he got a shot. Yeah. But we found, man, I, I want to go back. It was an awesome trip. Like, there's so much. I feel like we compared to because Chris and some of his buddies went to Madera Canyon, um, like a month after we'd gone there, and they found a ton of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, that's just it was such a cool place. I just I want to go back. You know, it was it was it was awesome. Yeah, I haven't really explored out in West Texas yet. Um, but that's definitely on the list um, for this upcoming season. I'm hoping to get there with a few of my friends, and then Colorado as well. That would be that would be nice. Mm -hmm. There you go, find those inner Montana man. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And uh, I want to try and hit the Daytona show and do some, do a little bit of cruising around there. Uh, oh, come just, on, man. Come see how it's us in Daytona. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's only like a four hour drive from us. It's not that far. Lucky y'all. <laughs> yeah, we go to Daytona every year, man. Well, I hadn't last, well, I didn't go the year before this, but yeah. You ever kept any coleonics? Uh, yeah, yeah. So I had um, a small group for a little bit, um, but I, I had to downsize whenever I left uh, for my, my first year of college. Um, but I mean, I got back into reptiles soon after, so I probably could have kept them. Um, but they're neat. I had the just the traditional Western banded geckos um, from New Mexico. They were they were they were pretty great. Um, they're kind of they're definitely not a handleable species in my opinion, like the leopard geckos are, you know, Right. but it's definitely something kind of cool just to, just to see that. I mean, it, it's crazy that something looks like that. That's native to this area. Yeah. Like it, it's pretty crazy. Yes. I think like the second or third night we found a small one on one of the cuts. And I remember walking up and looking at it because Rob was taking pictures and I'm like, dude, that's a freaking leopard gecko. Why, yeah, is there, why am I looking I like, at That's so freaking cool. Like I'd never had an appreciation for him. And then I saw him and then we found some when we were in Big Bend. And I was like, these things are freaking sweet. Yeah, there's actually a, a company called uh, Austin Reptile Connection and they produce uh, some of those banded geckos, uh, which are pretty neat. Yeah, they were they were awesome, and I think the horn horn lizards were probably catching those and and playing with those. Man, was, yeah. was probably some of the most fun I've ever had in my life. Was was chasing those across the, the road and stuff. And yeah, I imagine those, those were, were still, yeah. yeah. That whole trip sparked a, a a deep love for a lot of that stuff. Mm -hmm. So Texas is a magical place. Yeah, I enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of cool stuff that you can just find here um, that you don't really see anywhere else, I guess, like whip snakes mm -hmm. and stuff like that. But anyway, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, just compared, I mean, we have a, a pretty. I'd like to think we have a pretty big diversity as far as species and yeah, stuff goes, but maybe it's just because I'm in a completely different habitat, completely different species. Like, yeah, it's like being on another planet. You know, I've never been in the desert before. I had never experienced any of that. And it was like, I want to hurt just... the desert really bad. I've never, I really want to go to Arizona. I really want to go see, so go see Gron. I really want to go hurt with him. I just found out one of my cousins lives out there now. No shit. Mm -hmm. So we we'll have, we have rat. people. Yeah. Go and get some uh, green rat snake action out there. Oh, dude, I would die. Yeah. Oh my yeah, I've gosh. actually got a, I've got a hatchling that's coming next week. Um, so that'll be cool. Nice. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome, man. Yeah. I really, when it comes to, you know, those types of rat snakes, I, I really, I really want. I love my really sub box. So I love sub box. I'm going to leave those to you. I would really, I really want to get some of the greens. Man. And that, what that trip that Chris went on, they found a huge one. A green or a sub box? Uh, sub box. Yeah. I sent yeah, pictures yeah, of it. I was like, oh my God. Like, this thing was freaking diesel. Like, awesome. That was an old snake, man. It's awesome. Yeah, I've heard they're, they're pretty common out too. there. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't. I don't know. I don't know what the difference was. I think what it rain, man. They got more it's rain. All, it's on all that about the That's rain. That's why they they did so much. Because we didn't we didn't have we had some sprinkles like 
some small. If you guys are, if it if it had been dry too, then yeah, yeah, yeah. it's all about another cool uh, West Texas species that I really enjoy at least seeing videos of. I haven't actually found them. Is uh, those Chihuahuan hooknose snakes? I'm not sure if you guys have seen those, um, but similar to those uh, Sonoran coral snakes, they actually have it. They'll pop their anal plate, and it kind of sounds like a little farting sound. Which is kind <laughs> of cool. um, yeah, they kind of look like a smaller little hognose. They've got that little upturned snout a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, really cool snakes. And in Arizona, though, you've got the thorn scrubs, the thorn scrub hooknose snakes that are absolutely insane. One of the one of the prettiest U.S. snakes I've ever seen a picture of. Um, hopefully one day I'll see one of those, but I don't know. Awesome. Well, we're coming up on two hours, man. Where can, uh, where can people find you? Um, I mean, checking out my Instagram, uh, Connor, C-O-N-N-O-R underscore Wardle, W-A-R-D-L-E. And then check out Facebook groups. I'm on, uh, the Colubrids and Venomous Facebook group. Like I said, the the Caligaster Facebook group and then the diminutive diminutive Calibrids, uh Facebook group. So, yeah. Oh yeah, man. Awesome. Yeah, don't, don't be afraid to reach out. You know, I like teaching people about um, some of the species that I keep. Um, you know, mentoring people and helping as best I can, so we can have a, a more diverse group of snakes in the hobby. So, for sure, that. man. You'll yeah. definitely be hearing from me about some of this stuff, man. I'll be keeping close close tabs on. Some of your yeah. projects, you got you piqued my interest on a lot of stuff. So. Awesome. Yeah, well, thanks, man. Yeah, we really appreciate you coming on, brother. This was good a great show. episode. I love the, all the information we got out of this, and uh, yeah, this will be a good one. Awesome, appreciate it, man. We will see everyone Monday night for Snakes and Stogies '97. Show is once again brought to you by Steve Snakesuary and his Venom Hot Sauces. Feel free to check them out. Follow us, Facebook, Instagram, at the Herpeticulture Network. Uh, find us anywhere podcasts are found. SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes. It's even on Audible. I guess Audible, the audiobook thing from Amazon, now does podcasts as well. Where they have been, I don't know, but we're there. Uh, iTunes, all that good stuff. So we will see y'all next Monday week. night. Oh, see me next week. I'll see you next week. You need to just come on Snakes and Stogies. Well, just being in the chat, yes. I don't know. I don't know. Can I just pop on the video? I think so. We're supposed to have Jen Davis on Snakes and Stogies Monday. I need to double check and make sure she's still good for it. But that's the plan at the moment. That'll be a good episode. Oh, yeah. Um, Venomous stuff. Always fun. All right. Awesome. Well, Thanks, everybody. Thanks, y'all. Episode Have a good 139. Night. Bye. Deuce.